I think that's one of the real keys, you know, when crisis is working in your life. I mean, you're not thinking just about you. You're thinking about how can you impact others. You know, I know your family. You see the life that you had and you never want to go back. And that's one thing oh, I appreciate no. you about. Like, I don't you're, want that you're 10,000% like committed to that's what I was, but that's not what I am now. And I think that's the power of Christ working in us is where we can say, yeah, I was this, but thank God I'm not that today. Without my leadership towards God is important to my children. They see right. it, they follow. Right. You know, and it's every every day he's there in a new way. Like I'm Bill McMinn, senior pastor of Beagleville Bible Church, and this is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. And we love to do it. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm here with Teddy Hill, my buddy. Crazy guy from Rock Creek. Jesus Christ changed your life. And Jefferson. And Jefferson. Jefferson, Rock Creek. You, where'd you grow up at, though? I'm Jefferson. Jefferson? I'm Jefferson. So how is it that you got such a notorious reputation in Rock Creek? That's what I want to know, because that's where it seemed like when I used to go to the open gym and I'd hear about you, it'd always be down there. Well, when I was uh, growing up, once I got to high school, I became uh, friends with a lot of Rock Creek people. Really? And I started expanding my horizons from Jefferson on my bicycle, riding to Rock Creek to spend a night at my friends' house. Did you ever live there or no? You never lived there? Yeah, I lived there. Yeah. Okay. I lived there uh, for quite a few years from about, I'd say, uh, 1990 to about 1998. So right. eight years I lived there, yeah. In well, you know, spots. and I moved to this area in 1990, and I was doing that open gym. So that's probably why I got to hear so much about this guy named Peanut. Oh, yeah. They, they would call you, and, and I'll watch out for that guy, you know. <laughs> so what, when did you come to know Christ? Well, actually, I grew up in the Baptist church in Jefferson. Okay. You know, I was in the womb in church. Right. So, um, I really enjoyed going to church for the longest time when I was a little child. And then my dad died when I was 11, and it kind of soured my belly. I'd been baptized in the Baptist church. And, right. And uh, was in choir a year before my dad died. I mean, I was moving right, right along, and... My dad died, and I just got a sour taste in my mouth over God. Right. And, and and when did that start? Like, when did you start going away from church then? Instantly. Really? Within that year, I, well, like you I were was 12, made to go. You, so you were 12 years old. Yeah, but I was made to go right. until the time I was about 14, and I was like, I can't go no more because I I started abusing drugs. Started, within a year, I was smoking weed and drinking and just rebelling big time. Right. I had an older brother that was 16, at the same time as I was 11. So we both were like adamantly, fiercely mad at God, you know? Now, would you, you think your life would have gone that way if your dad didn't die? Would he, he have kept you in line more? Or do you think, no, we would have probably found trouble? I probably would have been a soldier. Okay. Cause I looked up to my dad. I was raised by a soldier that was on the beaches in Normandy and okay. his brother died in the battle of Okinawa. And so, Right. And there was things to make up for that my brothers, other brothers, nothing to take it away from them that didn't agree with during the 60s and 70s. And right. It kind of hurt my dad's feelings that they didn't feel the same way as he did. And that's how it goes in life. Right. Everybody doesn't feel the same way about war. Right. 
but I was really studious about becoming a soldier. I had even tried when I was a little older, but I had gotten myself in trouble. So at 19, 20 years old, I couldn't join the Marines after I passed the test. I had so many things going for me. I thought that, you know, but I had no license and I was on probation. So Right. So the Marines said, maybe not. Maybe no. this isn't the right guy for the uh, Marine Corps. No. So then what happened after that? Um, well, I can, was married to my wife and we just started making babies together. And, right. And uh, I have the children that I have because of those things, you know. Right. And uh, which you're proud of your kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Daryl, Cassie, Sam, yeah, right. and Dustin, and Dustin, Dustin right, yeah, right, right. All your oldest them, yeah. boy. Yep. You know, and I, I got a good brother out in California that's prayed for me forever, and and uh, along with my mom, he came to Christ back in '71. My brother in California, so I've always had somebody in my life that still walked with the Lord. Like my mom died when I was 26, so I didn't have her, but I always had my brother. I had others. I've had right. many, many church members always praying for me. Well, it seemed like you hit a bottom at some point, though. Like, your life, from what I remember of it, you're saying you just, you know, that whether that partying, drugging, pushing, whatever all it was that you got into, I mean, it just kind of carried on for... 29 years. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, I, how, how old were you when you quit doing all this stuff? Well, it was... Uh, I had some clarity for a couple of years, but I was a dry drunk, you know, and didn't continue with the program, didn't seek out the Lord. I was still mad and fighting with him, which isn't a good thing to do with God. Right, right. And uh, about 2002, from 2000 and from 1999 to about 2002, I started getting involved in heavy abuse of meth and, and still drinking and, and eating pills, whatever was comfortable to me at that time. And, uh, I ended up getting in a lot of trouble in my county, a lot of trouble in my town. In 2002, had an altercation with the officers that I, a lot of them I grew up with at Plan J. And uh, from that point on, it just went downhill really quick till 2003. I was on the run over in PA about same same day, October 15, 2002, October 15, 2003. God's right. got a sense of humor. Right. And um, I prayed a couple of weeks before that in 2003 that either take me off the face of the earth, my soul's dying, help me do something. I need to go back home. I need to, to do what I could to make things right. Right. You know, in, in my strength, you know, what I could do, you know. And uh, within two weeks of saying that prayer, next thing you know, I was in the Crawford County Jail in Sagerstown, PA. And uh, within... I say my, that's my sobriety date, 2003, October 15th. And my salvation date is October 31st, 2003. Because right. within a couple of weeks, I was bending the knee to God, you know, and just asking to lift these burdens off me and this chip. How did it help? Oh, gr greatly. I mean, tremendously. I'm, I mean, I didn't kick against the pricks. I, I rolled with it, you know. I started going to Bible studies. I mean, they had... A plethora of Bible studies over there you can right. go. And James was like the first Bible study I did. Oh, that's cool. It's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like it opened me up like I'm actually doing something about the way I look, right. the way I feel. And um, I wasn't about jumping right on amends and, and everything, but I knew I had to come home. So I had already. Were you married at this time? No, I was uh, not married. You were divorced, I'd been divorced at this from point? Kelly since 1995. Okay. So no, I was uh, single. Just big time social deviant with no 
consideration for myself or others. How could I care for others when I didn't care for myself? Right. You know, a lot of, lot of horrible things happen, but a lot of horrible things happen to everybody. Right. So when you, when you came to Christ, what was it that brought you to that moment to say, I need to just give it, you know, kind of put it on the table, say, Jesus, take the wheel, however you want to put it. Well, I led my whole family to prison. Everybody was going to prison except for my youngest son. So I was about a centimeter tall in my own sight right. and not much taller in God's sight at that right. time. And, uh, and I thought about my mom and the way I was taught and what she, she taught me about God's love. Right. That's the best gift that I've realized really strongly recently about that's the best gift. Right. The love, the love for all of us, the love for humanity, the compassion, the love from Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And I just started praying, you know, right. and reading the book of Isaiah about four or five times within now, a couple of weeks. you're in prison now and you're reading the Bible. And so you go in on the 15th, October 15th, you get arrested, Crawford County Jail in Sagertown. And then on the 31st, so 16 days later, you turn your life over to Christ. Yeah, by myself in my cell. Just said a prayer, like how to go. I just, I, well, I wrote, I wrote everything down that I possibly could think of that I've done. I mean, everything. And right. uh, wrote it down on a piece of paper, you know, ripped it up, flushed it down the toilet, which I probably shouldn't have did, but it didn't plug it up. Right. But I, I got rid of it and then prayed, and, and I had several types of dreams, but I didn't attribute it to coming off a of detox because right. every, every dream had my mom in it. Right. And it was just like a really, really peace came over me once I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not making, I didn't make no deals. I didn't so you just said, you just told God you were sorry for your sins and. I wanted him to help me get through whatever I needed to get through the way he thought I, I needed to. Right. Not my way. So you were saying at that point, then he's becoming more than just somebody you heard about in Sunday school or church, but he's becoming, all right, he's the boss. And I'm, I'm, I've already, I've been steering my life this way. I want to see Jesus. I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity. And his boxing gloves were smaller than mine. So right. he hit me harder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so but, what happened after that? What happened to your life after you came to Christ? Cause I've always known you as real adamant. Uh, like you're very strong in your faith, very strong in your walk. Well, it took, it took a bit, you know, I, I knew I was going to prison. That was just the start of my little tour of, to right. paying my debt to society. Right. You know, so I sat over there for a minute and, and uh, somebody bonded me out actually, but it got me to Jefferson. Right. Uh, they wasn't going to let me go. i got bonded out and it brought me back to Jefferson to face my music at home. Right. So I went to court, ended up going to prison. I got 27 months in prison over in Ohio. So I did, uh, did my time over in Ohio they picked me right up in Ohio and took me back to PA. So I had to go over there and do some more time. And How much time did you do over there then? I did like, uh, when I went back, I got out in June and I was out in August, but I, I walked out with a, a couple years parole. Okay. You know, they, they seen that I was doing well and I spoke directly and forthright to the judge. Didn't have a, didn't have a lawyer. Right. I was by myself. Didn't need a lawyer. Right. If you're going to sentence me, you know, I've already did time in Ohio um, what's a little bit more time if that's what God wants? Right. That's what I kept saying. I didn't ask for no favors, didn't make no deals. I just wanted my life back. And so I didn't this, want gotta, to be this gotta be like 2005 by now, yeah. right? Yeah, I, 2005, October, August 25th, I was out in 2005. Okay. On, back on the streets and uh, 
within two weeks, I met up with Tom Allen at Hardy's and said, hey, what's with what's, what's Eagleville? I said, I really don't want to return to my other church I, uh, that I had. I want, to, I want to go to Eagleville. I hear a lot of good things about it. And, you know, because Tom did jailhouse ministry. Right. And, and he's known me since I was a baby. So I felt comfortable talking to him. I was very cautious about my Christianity. I didn't want it spoiled as it was when I was a kid. And right. uh, within two weeks, September 9th, uh, yeah, September 9th was my first day at Eagleville, 2005. That's and I walked cool. in and I got hugged and I met Ken Bentley. I met uh, Dave Bissell. I met you and uh, Steve and Aaron. Um, those are, those, you guys are the first people that I met. Right. And all that. And you started welcoming me into your house and, yeah. and uh, it was good. I didn't realize it has been, yeah, it's been a long time, man. Because it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 15 years so I've ago. Done half my two, half half a year two where I've done half of it with you. Right, absolutely. Pretty soon, you know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, it's, it's right. special. It's it's very very meaningful right. to have people in your church that love you so much. Right. Oh, we do love you. I mean, you're a great guy. I mean, we we respect you know everything because I don't look at people for the past. Like I'm not. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't trouble me except for whatever. Well, hurt, I wouldn't have came here if that it was hurt the you. Case. Right, but it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm just like, hey, he got it together. He did his time. He turned his life over to the Lord. He's walking a new life, and he's helping other people. And I think that's one of the real keys, you know, when Christ is working in your life. I mean, you're not thinking just about you. You're thinking about how can you impact others. You know, I know your family's super important to you, and uh, your your children, your grandchildren are super important to you. Your wife, Kelly, is super important to you. You've married uh, three people. You've married three sets of people in my family. Yeah, Daryl, me. Right. Kelly and his Nicole and uh, right. Dustin and Tanya. Right. I mean, it's important to have a church family. I remember watching Billy Graham constantly, and he's all always go to church on Sunday to a Bible believing church. Find you a Bible believing church, and make sure you go to church on Sunday. How old is Sam now? Uh, Your youngest son. He was born, and he's going to be thirty five in December. Right. So I remember him when he was twelve kicking him out of the open gym because we used to have it down in rock Creek and him going out. I mean, he, the stuff that kid came up to do him and his buddies, it was oh, something yeah. else. They were very creative. What. They are. Uh, they were a handful, but I was very close to him. I mean, by the time we went through that process of seeing these kids, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, all the way through their senior year down in that open gym, I'd say we were, we were pretty tight, you know, by the time we had gone through all those years together and I watched them grow up and watched them become, the, the the troublemakers, the troublemakers of the open gym to being the ones I could count on to watch over it for me. If I was there by myself and we had a ton of kids and it was me and them, I knew I could say, hey, you guys got this right. I got to go downstairs. And they'd be like, yeah, no problem. They would be telling the other kids what the rules were, making sure everyone minded it. And yeah, they it was a big change for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor Bill, that, that was meant to be because that's what real pastoring is all about because you right. filled the gap for me and I appreciate it. Yeah, no. I should have been there and, and filling them gaps, and I just wasn't uh, up to the. No, I love your task. family, man. I love your family. I met all of them down there. You know, what I'm saying every one of them through that open gym. You know, at one time or another. But I, I think it was always amazed me is like I've seen you come out, uh, work hard, have crews taking, you know, doing asbestos removal. Then you go uh, to be a painter and running your own business. Recently, uh, you just had a surgery. So you've been, you know, pretty major surgery, actually, that you're still recovering from right now. And I think of all those things that you've been through, you've always been 
Christ, 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 Christ. So how is Jesus Christ impacting your life through all these things on a you know normal daily basis? Well, it's just, I mean, I wake up, I thank him every day for a fresh new day right. out of the book of Lamentations. You know, it's like our, his grace comes brand new every day. Right. And uh, I do not cease to, to uh, pray. I pray constantly. I, I should be reading my Bible a little bit more, but I'm, every day there's scripture in me. Right. Be it three or four, it doesn't matter if you're doing it every day, but in the year you got thousands of scriptures in you. Right. So you, you constantly keep in close proximity with your vertical relationship with him. And he is, I mean, he's helped me navigate through family trials and tribulations and, and tribulations of family while I've been sick. Right. Somewhat, you know, and, uh, but he's helped me be a good godly leader to where you're like i'll be at church sunday you know the covid right. and all that stuff has stopped me for a minute because i've had to have surgery you know but uh my leadership towards god is important to my children they see right. it they follow right you know and it's every every day he's there in a new way like in this i i'm in the smallest things lately right to me you know right. as far as all the things that they worked on working right is like a giant blessing Right. Instant prayers. He goes, yeah, I can answer that for you right, right. now. You know, so, I mean, answered prayers over maybe not so important things to others, but to me, bang, like right now. Right. I mean, it just blows my mind. I'm like, thank you. And um, I've taken a knock on money. I've taken a knock on some health. And I'm not, I don't care. Right. You know, I, I know that he's given me back some health to pursue some more kingdom activities, which is this part of it right here. Right. That's why when you asked me, I said, yes, I want to. I want. Oh, yeah, and you told me you are laid up. I'm like, come do a podcast with me. You know, I mean, That's I, what happens because I create these vortexes, and I just suck people into the vortexes. Oh, you, you won so. me over the first time I met you, Pastor Bill. I didn't have to be in no vortex. I said, I like this guy. He's the same age as me, and, right. and he right. looked after my kids. I was always in the back of my heart about how right. you looked after my children. Right. You know, and you pastored right. You pastored good. Right. And, you know, and I know you give credit to God as I do, but... When you when someone has a man that fills the gaps when he was supposed to be doing it himself, yeah. that's never. And, and the thing with Sam, and I think one of the reasons that we're, we've been close for years, is when he was a kid, I was hard on him when he needed to be hard on, and and when I didn't need to be, I wasn't. You know, it was just if, if I'd be hard on you if you needed me to be hard on you because I wasn't going to put up with your nonsense. And I think they respect that a lot of times. I think people don't understand that. People and young people really do respect it when you give them clear guidelines and that because that's part of your love. You know, it's part of your love is saying, hey, you guys can't be here breaking windows, melting crayons on radiators and doing all this spitting on floors and all the stuff, yeah, they, all were, this all the stuff they were doing. Right? All the stuff you guys are doing, you can't really be doing this. Yeah. So to watch their leadership, you know, progress over the years, you know, until they became, you know, people that I could count on, especially, you know. You know, Sam and Tony, I knew so well, but they're all their friends, Butte and Cameron Rondini and the whole group of them. You know, I, I, I knew them really, really, really well, and they meant a lot to me. You know, it meant a lot to me to be able to be involved in their lives. And I think that's when Christ is working in you, too, is just you want to help other people. You want to do what's right by them. You realize that your life is not your own. And like you said, you know, there are times where God's answering prayer. There's times where he's giving you the strength. He's giving you the wisdom. What I see in you is just a, a lot of commitment to overcome, you know, where I think that you see the life that you had and you never want to go back. And that's one thing oh, I appreciate no. about like you're, that back. you're 10,000% like committed to that's what I was, but that's not what I'm am now. And I think that's the power of Christ working in us is where we can say, yeah, I was this, 
But thank God I'm not that today. Without and, I, the and all of us are growing, by the way. With no piety, though. Just, right. you know, realistic Christianity. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm a very character defect kind of guy. But guess what? I don't have to worry about those because the cross took care of them, and I just have to work on them. You know, right. I don't have to beat myself up to be saved. Right. No. No, you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. No, for sure. I feel like in, you know, Christ working in me, like there's a constant where, hey, Bill, you could do better. You know, here's where you could be a better husband or here's where you could be a better dad or here's where you could be a better person. And you just constantly work on that because you want that love of Christ to be in you. You want that compassion of Christ to be in you. You want that leadership of the Lord to be in you. And in fact, it says Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. And I think for you, you seem to, you know, have that. You know, I see the blessing on your family. I see, uh, you know, God's help with you guys and all the ways. Like he actually brought you and your wife back together. Oh, yeah. So you guys are married. I mean, we had mentioned you got divorced from Kelly in 1995. Well, you got married just a few years back. So, I mean, your your family is reunited from what it should be, and, and we praise the Lord for it. You've been listening to the Way to Go podcast. We hope that you appreciate this uh, show. And if you do, uh, one thing that you can do for us is just hit that share button. Share it out to Facebook, Twitter, or whatever it is you're on, your social media platform of choice. You guys have a great and a blessed week. Thanks, Teddy. Appreciate it. Buddy. Oh, you're welcome, Pastor Bill. Love you.